0: Wondery Plus. Subscribers can listen to 10% Happier early and ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. It's the 10% Happier Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Harris. Hey everybody happy friday time for a bonus guided meditation and this one is a bit of an experiment it's me guiding a meditation taking you inside the way i personally practice on a daily basis i did this live in front of a large audience at our recent meditation party retreat You're going to hear me talk a little bit about why I practice this way, and then I will do a a rather lengthy, maybe 20-minute long guided meditation, and then after that, you're going to hear me debrief with A. Selassie and Jeff Warren, two great meditation teachers with whom I co-led the aforementioned Meditation Party Retreat. By the way, we're going to do two more retreats, so you can buy tickets in the show notes, but let me shut up and get into the actual meditation. Here we go. There is a difference between what I consider to be you know a fully trained teacher, somebody who spent months and years cumulatively on silent meditation retreats, really getting into the practice on that level, and then spending years being trained to work with people, this very sensitive work of getting under the hood of somebody 's mind that is you know i 'm married to a doctor, she had years of training and most of the meditation teachers that I know have years of training and I kind of think about it in that way. And I know that is not an experience that I've had. So I've done a few meditation retreats, et cetera, but it's different from the folks with whom I'm sharing the stage. That being said, I've written a few books about it and um, I (laughs) know something. And so what I thought we would do today is practice the way I actually practice do you remember those commercials from the 80s where somebody's like carrying a chocolate bar and trips and ends up in a jar of peanut butter? <laughs> the two great tastes that taste great together. Yeah. So for me, that mix is um, metta, M-E-T-T-A, or sometimes translated as loving kindness meditation and insight or vipassana or mindfulness together. Some of you will have heard me say this before about metta or loving kindness, that it was intensely annoying to me at first, aspects of it that are still pretty annoying. And there is a lot of science to strongly suggest that there are physiological, psychological, and behavioral benefits to this practice that I will describe and lead us in. I love the fact that my friend Dr. Richie Davidson, who's an eminent neuroscientist at the University of Wisconsin, has done these studies that that show that when you teach loving kindness practice to preschoolers, they become more willing to give their stickers away to kids they do not like. (laughs) And I would say the animating insight to all of my work that started 13, 14 years ago of getting interested in meditation and moving out of the news business is that happiness is a skill. It's not a factory setting that is unalterable. And as it turns out, so is love. Now that's a loaded word. I use it in a very broad way to not just be about loving your spouse or your family, but it's our, as Jeff likes to say, this innate evolutionarily wired capacity to give a shit, which is the signature characteristic of our species and is what allowed us for better or worse to become the apex predator on this planet, not because we are stronger than other animals, but because we have this capacity to work together. And that is, from what I've seen after 650 episodes of interviewing people about human flourishing, that is probably the most important variable, is the quality of your relationships. And that's a skill, that's incredibly useful to know I really like this practice of loving kindness meta is the ancient Pali word it's often translated as loving kindness I prefer friendliness that is actually the better translation anyway and no I mean M-E-T-T is it does translate really much more directly to friendliness and even teachers uh, what's the word Mitra and is the word and and Mitra is, is related to Metta, is a spiritual friend. And so a teacher in this tradition, the Buddhist tradition, isn't so much somebody who's declaiming from the mountaintop, but it is somebody who's walking with you and is your friend as you do life together. The other reason why I like this from a very tactical point of view in meditation, which we'll get into soon, is that loving kindness meditation is a good concentration technique so there's a good way to settle the mind to focus the mind and then after you've done a round of that to open up to mindfulness you've got a little bit more of a steady base or at least for me this is how it works where you've got a little you'll try it and see if it works for you you've got a little bit more of a steady base to be with whatever comes up and then on top of that the other benefit is you can see all of the embarrassing shit that's gonna come up in your mind with some friendliness. And that has been the huge development in the, in the more recent years of my practice, which is going from, I think like a false equanimity in my mindfulness of like, yeah, I'm open to everything, but I'm not really open to everything. <laughs> to boosting my friendliness quotient and allowing myself to be cool with some really uncomfortable stuff. One more thing to say that's on my mind. I didn't plan any of these comments, and that's probably f- abundantly evident. One other thing to say before we get into the practices, w- one of the most interesting interviews I've done recently is with a guy named Dr. David Ross-Marin, who runs the Center for Anxiety at Harvard, it's, which sounds like a really fun place. Uh, <laughs> His insight, and I think this is really true, or his observation is like, so what is behind this? We have never seen levels of anxiety compared to what we're seeing right now. And what is behind that? There's a a whole long discussion we can have about this that I'm not going to get into because I don't want to get your mind too active before we get into meditation. We can talk about it later. But one of the things that he points out is this unwillingness to be uncomfortable. And... I think let's look for that. Once we've got some friendliness in our mind at the first part of this practice, let's look in the second part of the practice to how we're bracing or coiling up in the face of discomfort. And can we bring some warmth to the aversion? Because that aversion is just trying to protect us. But we don't need to listen to it and we can not go down what Dr. Marin calls the cascade of, we see a little bit of discomfort and then we tell ourselves a whole story of how we are incurably anxious and this is the way it's always gonna be and I I shouldn't feel this way. No, actually, anxiety is part of the human condition. He calls it a blessing. So with that incoherent jumble of thoughts, (laughs) let's do some meditation. Assume the position. We're sitting comfortably spine reasonably straight, but as Jeff likes to say, not not getting uptight about about anything really. Eyes closed. And if you don't want to close your eyes, can just kind of gaze softly somewhere. Tricky bell. All right, we're in it now. Really elongate the out-breath. Sometimes I say it should be three times longer than the in-breath. Okay, friendliness. Let's start by bringing to mind a really easy person. can also be an animal. So I usually start with our cat, Ozymandias. But you can pick a baby, toddler, an animal, really good friend, somebody who's just easy to get along with. And... See if you can conjure an image in your mind. If you're not a good visualizer, you can also just conjure like a felt sense of them, if that makes sense. Bring them to mind in some way. So I've got Ozzy in a sunspot, unfurling the belly. You've got your person in mind, your being in mind. And we're gonna repeat four phrases. May you be happy. Let it land, image connecting with phrase. May you be safe and protected from any harm. May you be healthy in your body. May you live with ease in the face of whatever comes up. The next move is kind of a contemplative bait and switch. We're going to go from the easy person. Once we've got a little juice and we're going to switch in ourselves. Bring to mind an image of yourself. Might help to just bring to mind a baby picture of yourself. You can also just feel your body sitting in the chair. May I be happy. For this one, I often picture myself like hugging my son. May I be safe. and protected from any harm. May I be healthy in this body. May I live with ease, a little non-clinging. Next, it's a mentor or a benefactor, somebody who has been helpful for you. It can be a teacher, a good boss, parent. If you don't have anybody who's been helpful to you, you can think of somebody in the culture you admire who's been a good example for you. Bring that person to mind. May you be happy, may you be safe, may you be healthy and strong in your body. may you live with ease next category is a neutral person somebody you see regularly but maybe overlook frequent examples here are like the person at the dry cleaner, the barista, the not so charismatic neighbor. You don't have negative feelings or positive feelings, just sometimes somebody you ignore. So bring them to mind either with an image or just a felt sense of them. May you be happy. We're like Oprah handing out cars. (laughs) May you be safe. May you be healthy. with ease. Next category, penultimate category is a little tricky. This is a difficult person. I suggest you not start with Pol Pot or whatever. Let's just pick somebody mildly annoying. Probably not hard to find. Bring them to mind. May you be happy. And that doesn't mean, may you continue doing all of the annoying shit, it's like happy people tend not to be that annoying. May you be safe. People who feel safe tend not to be that annoying. May you be healthy and strong. May you live with ease. The final category is everybody, everywhere. You can picture the planet, do a little Nat Geo tour of it. You can picture space. You cannot picture anything and just have a sense in your body of omnidirectionality. May we all be happy. May we all be safe and protected from harm. May we all be healthy in our bodies, people, animals, May we all live with ease. All right, now we're gonna make the switch to a bit more traditional mindfulness. Mind might be settled, maybe not, it's fine, either way. I'm gonna pick something to focus on. So it can be the breath, you can pick a spot, where you like to focus either your nostrils or your belly, can be feeling of the whole body breathing. You can do a little bit more open awareness where you just, Joseph Goldstein likes to have people just occasionally say to themselves this phrase, there is a body, which sounds like something you say at a crime scene but it's actually an ancient phrase from a buddhist text it's just a way to direct your attention to the feeling of the full body sitting sit and know you're sitting as he says and then when you get distracted bring your attention back to your breath or to the feeling of your body sitting or to sounds in the environment And maybe with some of that meta juju we just created, maybe your attitude can be a little bit more, a little cooler. It can be cooler with whatever's coming up. I'm going to stop talking and let you try it. We're with our breath. We're with the sounds in the environment. We're with the feeling of the body. We've just committed to something for a couple minutes. And then we get carried away inevitably. We're thinking about something. We're planning something. Maybe you notice an aspect of your personality that you're not super proud of. For me, it's like rushing or (coughs) rage. Welcome to the party. It's all good. You didn't invite that. You didn't invite the rage or the pining or the rushing or the jealousy or whatever it is. a deeply conditioned pattern trying to help you, welcome to the party you can go back your breath or whatever it is. maybe some discomfort comes up, physical discomfort, pain in the knee, pain in the back. Can you be cool with that? Can you see how the aversion to the discomfort sets off a cascade that you can maybe short circuit? you've committed to your breath, or to the feeling of your body, to the sitting, to the sounds in the environment. Then the neurotic obsessions come crashing through the wall like the Kool-Aid man. Another little phrase from Joseph that I like is, up and out. You don't have to cling to those thoughts, you don't have to identify with them, you don't have to follow them down whatever Rabbit hole, they're trying to lead you down, up and out, not in an aggressive way, in a friendly way. How'd it go for you?
1: I really appreciate starting with meta. I think a lot of time it kind of gets, it's like thrown on at the end. It's like the add-on, like, oh yeah, we'll throw this on at the end. I feel like I'm kind of guilty of that. Like, here's the meditation, and then I want to do a little meta at the end, and then that's it. But starting with that practice was, for me, it was very stabilizing. It is a concentration practice. I mean, it's hard to keep, keeping that person in your mind 's eye refreshing it, connecting to that intention and it's it took a lot of i wouldn 't say it wasn 't like effort like a hard effort but there was a lot of concentration involved and that I really noticed after how I was a lot more settled so that was my initial observation and then going into the mindfulness practice after was just it was more settled it was and it was fun to kind of for me just actually i kept the practice going actually and with other people, but I also was noticing the tone of my experience, which was friendlier. Mm. It was a friendly tone. And it was, you can actually use that as a meditation object. The friendliness feeling itself mm. became a thing I was sort of just exploring and feeling. So, yeah, and then you're just so genuine the way you guide. Uh, it's, you're just a natural at it and it's just no bullshit. So, I really like that. And, uh, yeah. I'm sure other people can relate, but thank you, brother. Thank you. Yeah,
2: Yeah, it was beautiful, Dan. Thank you. Yeah, really. I I used to do that. I used to always start my practice for years. I did 45-minute practice in the morning, 15 minutes of metta, half an hour of mindfulness and insight, and I forgot how beautiful it is. So thank you for reminding me of that. And I love that you didn't start with the self. The traditional teaching is to start with self, and that, I had a teacher, my first uh, insight teacher gave me the assignment to only do meta for myself for six months straight, and uh, she knew I needed that, but it's hard, it can be really hard, yeah. and so to start with something kind of more accessible, I chose my friend's son, who's, you know, almost two, so adorable, and that was really beautiful. And you have such a great meditation voice. <laughs> you should totally do this. <laughs>
0: the, the starting with the easy person is, uh, I, still, I don't know if either of you have a relationship with the teacher Spring Washam. Mm-hmm. You do? Okay, mm-hmm. so she's been a, a huge teacher for me in my life and practice. And I did up nine days with her just me and her actually. And she was teaching me meta and she started with uh, like a whole day on an easy person.
2: Oh wow. That's so brilliant. Yeah. yeah I love and that. so you
0: really get into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you switch in, you know, the, probably the most difficult person yourself. Yeah. Right.
1: I liked the, um, the way you actually made this really cool prompt, which was, you said, you see yourself with your son. And so I did that. And I, there was something about it that made it easier to see yourself in a relationship with someone else. So I was sort of like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, he's doing the best he can." Yeah, <laughs> it was like, yeah. "He's doing the best he can." Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. There was something yeah, about yeah, that, was like, yeah. I could do it more. Yeah. E- I could find that more easily. Yeah. Yeah. I, think I noticed.
2: Oh. I switched something when you said, um, "What did you say?" You said, "Happy people are not annoying," and I automatically switched to, "Happy people are not annoyed."
0: Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah.
2: I appreciated that because I really, like, oh, yeah, it's both.
0: Well, just picking up on what you both said there, it's like how you think the word happy, it can be a bit, it's a little tricky, you know, because we conflate it, and this is not my observation, but we conflate it with excitement, you know, the fulfilling of some sort of sense desire. But that's why when I'm wishing myself to be happy, it's like what is the purest, most distilled form of happiness that I can think of? properly understood, I think it's in that moment of contact where I'm hugging my son or he's sitting on my lap. And I think that's true for a lot of us. It really gets to what I think of happiness as. Um, It's not as jittery and jangly and unstable as that first sip of a latte or something like that, you know? Um, So it really attunes me to the right kind of happiness for me to shoot for as opposed to what I'm often shooting for, which is winning or, you know, succeeding or something like that, which is also meaningful, but not quite as.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because when I have that experience, I'm picturing hugging my kid or there's a joy or a fulfillment there and there's also a kind of poignancy or bittersweetness and I consider that part of happiness. Yeah. Like yes. I consider that yes. um, it's a feeling for the heartfulness the of the truth of the human mm-hmm. situation and I don't try to avoid that anymore. And uh, to be able to reframe that as a kind of joy, yes. that's been really helpful for me.
2: Yeah. yeah, I think you said also safe people are not annoying and I thought safe people are not annoyed. And that came up for me, too, that often when I'm in contention with my experience, it's, it's safety issues yeah. that are coming yeah. up. Even if they're completely ridiculous right. issues of safety, as if a it thought is going to be yeah. dangerous, but that, that safety makes me less annoyed.
0: Yes. And it's interesting that you have, you just described um, ridiculous safety fears, but you're somebody who's faced down like the most unsafe Mm. Four times over with their cancer experiences, mm-hmm. and yet you can still get dragooned by ridiculous safety fears.
2: Sometimes more so. Really? Than, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really because I think those are really old patterns. Mm. You know, it's almost like I've been given this task to learn how to work with the most difficult things, but I, I still have to go back and do the cleanup work of like all my, you know, issues from
1: toddlerhood. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm giving my toddlers issues now, <laughs> even as we speak.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dad. They'll be up here talking about you. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Just one little story before we go. Um, I was The best conversations I have with my son are when we play catch. We play hours of catch, which is what my dad did with me and my brother. Um, oh. And we were having a conversation the other day where he was getting on me for like not doing anything without my wife's permission. <laughs> and, and I, I was like, well, you know, he was like, why, why, why do you always run it by mommy? I was like, well, she's like my best friend and I, I, I trust her opinion. And he said, well, I don't really like feel that way. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I said, um, well, I get him. Like I chose to marry her, you don't like choose your mom. And he looked at me and said, yeah, you chose my mom.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Alexander's going to be up here really soon. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: Yes. Well, he's not feeling well today, but he was going to come and help guide the the loving kindness. Yeah. He's going to be really mad when he finds out he missed that opportunity. Um, I don't know where he gets it from, but he loves being on stage. (laughs) Speaking of love, uh, this is such an amazing weekend. And, um, you know, I know we're just getting started in many ways, but I'm really enjoying this and I hope you guys are too. And I'm really glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you to Seb, Jeff, and the whole team at Omega. Really appreciate everybody. By the way, we're going to do two more meditation party retreats in May and in October, so you can buy your tickets in the show notes. Just to say, if you like the meditation party episodes that we do here on the show, uh, we posted one on Wednesday, and we've posted a bunch of other ones over the past couple of months, so we'll put links to all of those in the show notes. We'll see you all on Monday for a brand-new episode. If you like 10% Happier, and I hope you do, uh, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus...